Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. I know the one thing we did right was the day we started to fight. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. The theme song from our featured movie today on Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. And if that uh, little snippet is, uh, if you can catch the spirit of that, the gripping nature of this documentary is, is just almost cannot be overestimated. On that note, I'm Nikki Dakota, and I'm so pleased to welcome via the phone line today, J. J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd? Hello, Nikki Dakota. Thank you for being here. Storyboard artist to the Cohen Brothers, currently working for George Clooney and some... Leatherheads. Leatherheads. Looking forward to that coming out. And uh, also joining us live in the studio today, the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress, Mr. George Willeman. Hello, afternoon, and all that good stuff. Can't tell you. Now, listen, I saw uh, Eyes on the Prize as a much younger person when it aired on PBS, mm-hmm. and it came in and out of uh, my consciousness. I don't think I sat down. I was pretty young, uh, you know, to, like, pay my full attention. But let me tell you, it was like... I had the feeling as I was finishing watching this last night, the same sort of feeling that I had after 9-11 or after, you know, like the space shuttle crash, that I had just been a part and gotten a glimpse into something much bigger than me. This baby is raw. Oh, this yeah. baby is raw, and it's still pertinent, and it's still absolutely penetrating to now, this day. Funny because um, when I was thinking, when you mentioned that it would be this documentary, Eyes on the Prize, for our feature uh, on Filmically Perfect, I thought, well, now let's think about the rules and how that fits in. And well, this I, is I, our I, first documentary that we're going, we have other documentaries, which we, can, of course, can't reveal to the audience, you know. But uh, this is what we, George and I, consider this one of the greatest documentaries of all time because it's as it happened by the people who did it. It's absolutely amazing. Let's first, before we embark on um, really demonstrating why this is indeed a perfect film, uh, let's review why it is exactly. The, the, what, what are the rules? Well, I'll tell you there, Nikki. I'll tell you why this is the perfect film. And it's a documentary. You know, we are, we're going into the weeds a little bit here because we usually normally do Hollywood boffo kind of movies, you know, as they say <laughs> in the, on uh, Variety boffo. But this is a documentary. And, and one of the reasons why this is a perfect movie is because it right in front of us helps create the world that we exist in and it exists in it right george that's right and and as such it it definitely maintains that world straight through it never it never strays out of it it doesn't go to a, a modern equivalent or anything Always like that sustains it sustains that world on. and really our rule number three regardless of changes in society it retains its meaning and entertainment values to this day that's right it um it's amazing it grows more powerful with age and what's that I rule think. for, George? And and rule number four, um, as with all of our other films, it's never put in any sort of numerical order. It stands on its own many feet. It can't be compared. It can't be compared. In scale, it is a perfect film, and it's going to keep getting more perfect, hopefully, as time goes by. I have to wholeheartedly agree. I was really, I thought, well, now, how silly. It's a documentary. How can it create the world that it exists in? But in the, it has a time travel aspect to it. It takes you to the world that it exists in. You are there. Right, and it, it sort of creates this microcosm around the, the civil rights movement, because if you think about the time that it takes place from, like, 
54 to what to 65 65 um yes. we also you know i mean the same at the same time this is going on we have the you know stuff going on in korea we have the cold war we have vietnam starting up and and things like that and yet it 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 pushes all that aside and focuses down on this this civil How rights movement happens, and the yeah. importance of it and you know one of the one of the really interesting things about this and from a cinematic point of view, is this is the evolution of our Constitution as it happens. This is Thomas Jefferson, as he, as he wrote, he never would have dreamed, dreamed that our Constitution would have went this far. And this just goes even farther than any of our constitutional, uh, uh, our framers had imagined. And here it is, right in front of you in this movie. And we see, I mean, we look at the people who are who are leading this fight, and people in and in the film, of course, there's Martin Luther King, but there's also people like John Lewis and uh, Reverend John, Abernathy and, and Ralph Abernathy and and all these other people. Andrew Even, Young is the uh, and he he's the narrator, right? Uh, no, the narrator is Julian Bond. Julian Bond. But Andrew Young does is interviewed several times in yes. the film. And you see him in some of the footage, particularly when mm-hmm. they're crossing the bridge in Selma. Uh, it takes us uh, through the major touchstones of the early moments of oh, the civil yeah. rights movement, right. which started with uh, with Rosa Parks and the bus boycott. That that began the people began to understand. You know, we can affect change, and this is a testament to. The, and it, they say it in the beginning of ordinary people doing right. extraordinary well, things. I'm getting up. chills just even saying it. It's Speaking amazing. of ordinary people in this movie, watch these kids go to school. Watch them being guarded by these, by this, you know, the, going through this phalanx of people in this National Guard movement, and they turn them away. And then this one girl who shows up a little late. Right, she missed She didn't the, get the memo that walked, they were all going to meet, yeah. She walks by herself, and, and 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 that cameraman runs a full load out when he does it, and you see the drama, you see the you just see the the courage in this girl's face as she's walking to school, and all she's trying to do is get to school, and all these people, all these forces just churning around her, and she's the very face of quiet, and this is caught on footage on a as bench it happened. With dark glasses on, and people all around him, making you can just feel the intensity. This is old black and white reversal film, and here she is. Sitting with just, she's not going to budge. She's going to go to school. It's really good. We're talking about filmically perfect movies, and certainly uh, top among those is this Eyes on the Prize documentary. So I, I grant it. You know, I was concerned about rule number one, creating the world, but it, it brings you. You live in that world for through the course of this. It's so masterfully told. There you have it, folks. Nikki's concerned about rule number one, man. We, <laughs> we got her going there. I was. was You're thinking all the right things there, Nikki Dakota. (laughs) It does, though, and it sustains it the whole time. That is absolutely riveting from the first shot to the last. It's our world. You know, it's what we live in. Well, and I think one one point I would like to bring up is is, as JT was mentioning about the the cameraman shooting this stuff. One of the glories of this film is that there were these cameramen, and you know, we don't know their names. Right off the bat, they're not famous. They were just a lot of them worked for local television stations or or the you know the, the few newsreels that were still existing at that time, and and you know God bless them for being down there and just shooting and shooting and shooting. And these guys are not carrying these little tiny no, they're palm carrying cameras. They're carrying big heavy or, duty. these big oracons that weigh you know, like seventy five pounds. Fresolini and they've got to and they can't just slap in a cassette. They'd have to take like the the whole magazine off and reload a whole roll of film. And then that film has to be processed, you know. And but the good thing is, because they did it on film, 
we still have it. It's not like our... This is in the days when they had film at 11 because they had to process this film. And, you know, older viewers, of course, will remember film at 6, film at 11 um, because they had to process it. It wasn't Meaning that the story had broken, and we'll tell you this is the story, and we'll have footage of it when we're done processing it. Right. Yeah, but that was fast. I mean, this is what broke open. Part of what you're seeing here, what makes it a perfect movie, is the advent of the media taking this and running with it. And you right. see President Johnson using Martin Luther King's words. That's right. See, <laughs> He's Johnson going, we shall overcome. He knows the value of politics, you know? And apparently and then to hear uh, the gentleman who was sitting next to uh, the Reverend Doctor when, that, when they were listening to that speech, at the sound of those words, apparently, you know, a tear, you know, fell down his. It just, honestly, you you forget. I forget, and I feel I feel bad. I feel like, well, yeah, of course, uh, all races are equal, and regardless of uh, race, creed, religion, right. whatever. But but it wasn't always that way. Just because that's my experience of the world, and this is how you know I've endeavored to set forth. Same thing with the women's movement and these movements that you know. Think of it. It was it was less than fifty years ago that blacks were basically not able to vote in this right. country. They, they, they weren't they weren't they were considered legislated to the point where they couldn't vote. They made it very hard for them to vote. Down Which was south. Uh, might like as well, yeah. Taxes and everything and and this was the the kind of furniture and in the debris they would set in front of these uh people in the south so they couldn't vote you know they would just right. try to break them down and you see this 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 uh persistence you know we're allowed to vote this is the united states why aren't we allowed to vote you right. know and, and some of the tricks they use are so obvious i can't remember which state it was where they made them answer all these questions and yeah. one of them was you know uh explain one of the statutes of the state law to the satisfaction of the test giver and they said most of the test givers couldn't read or write either so yeah they litigate them to to frustration and how many people you know i always i always think whenever i hear see people complaining about you know george bush and everything i think that's great and i always ask them did you vote you know because uh, here you see it these people uh, were having a difficult time to vote and look how value how much value they put on their right to vote look at what they're doing they're dying they're sacrificing their lives Amazing stuff. I mean, and even to see things, I mean, things that you hear about, but this film shows them like the, the shots of, of separate water fountains. You know, it's just, it, and up here, I mean, in Ohio, I, you know, growing up in Springfield and stuff like that, and I never really experienced that. I had, you know, I mean, I had uh, black friends in school since about first grade, and that's going back to like 68, 69. I don't know what it was like in my father's time in Springfield. No. Well, I was fortunate. I had a um, when I worked at Old Reich's department stores. I had a very good boss, and uh, his name was Bob Stokes, and he was a black gentleman. Uh, and he told me about all this stuff. He made me understand. He gave me focus. Um, and I started, you know, of course, being uh, in the movie industry. I've, I've kept that in my mind all these years. And when Black History Month came up, George and I decided we should do Eyes on the Prize because not enough people get to see this movie. Which is an interesting point to bring up, mm-hmm. that it, it, it's virtually impossible to see this movie if you don't, don't have access to it in, in your public library right. or, or a friend problem. that owns it. And let's talk about that. Which, well, by the way, is almost even another aspect of sort of the same sort of trouble in this country. It's about greed That's and I've right. got mine and I don't know how you're going to get yours. Right. But well, this this all goes back. Um, Eyes on the Prize, I believe, was first shown in 1985, I think, on PBS. Very, very successful. There's actually two parts to it, and it goes all the way up to 1985, and the entire film runs 14 hours. And it's riveting. Every 14 hours is riveting. It's not like a Time Life series. It's the real thing. You know, what you see there is real stuff. 
But what happened was um, the, 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 the fellow who made it, who was really the one that we give most of the credit to for creating this thing, his name was Henry Hampton, and he was actually a colleague of Martin Luther King's and was very and much involved in he was in one in of the this. marches, right? George? Yeah, he actually he was, was the, there in one of the marches. And, the Bridge March, I believe, right? And he, I don't know if he was at that one, but I know that he was with, with King on several occasions. And um, he made this film, I think, because he, he had to. I mean, he had the, the, you know, the, the drive and the urge to do it. And the great thing about doing it at the time he did, of course, he was able to get a lot of his colleagues and a lot of people who were right there in the middle of it, people like Rosa Parks, and people like uh, James Foreman to come up and actually tell from the horse's mouth what happened, and then and then inter- intercut this with the actual news footage. So it's really interesting to see these people, young and old. Um, but after it was shown, it was so successful. What had happened was because Hampton crafted so much of this film from purchased and leased footage from from different stock companies, and I mean at the end of the film, there's like a a list of like 40, 50 different people who, uh, who they got footage from. Footage it was getting really expensive to purchase. And even though filmmakers the would rights. love to, You'd they like would the rights yeah, to purchase the rights for the music and show it. were also part of the problem too. Right. So, uh, you know, he probably got the rights for like a five years or maybe 10 years. That was probably what they could afford. And then after the 10 years, I mean, in the interim, Henry Hampton passes away. The, the media world changes with the internet coming in, and the cost of stock footage skyrockets. It's just incredibly high now. And all of a sudden, you can't show eyes on the prize anymore because all the licenses have expired. And they're so expensive that the company that held the rights to it just could not afford to buy new rights to show it again. So the film went on the shelf, and all that was in existence at that time were the few tattery copies on VHS – that had been released by PBS Video in the late '80s. You still and find some of those copies in libraries. Man, you still if you do, do. And, and they're getting they're getting really worn out. And that's one of the things that brought to the fore the fact that this film couldn't be seen was that the libraries were going to PBS and saying, "Hey, our VHSs are running out. This is a really popular title. When are you going to put it on DVD?" And they said, "We can't. aren't. We can't. We don't have the money. We can't afford the rights." Uh, and it wasn't until the Ford Foundation coughed up sixty five thousand dollars to research how much it would cost mm. to get the film back out. Can't we interest? Uh, can't we interest uh, uh, Mr. Gates in this? The richest man well, in the world. You know, he, uh, come on. He's a good, you know, <laughs> in- interestingly rich guy enough, that, that can throw some money toward this project. Let's get this enough, out there. Uh, in 2005, like I said, this came to the fore, and this uh, this music sharing group actually started this thing in February of 2005, trying to get people to run their videos in public in every state to get out the word that this film was quote lost. Um, the the owners of the film asked them to stop that because they were actually turning the subject of the film from civil rights movement to copyright law and that was and they felt that that was not in keeping with the tone of the film and what Henry Hampton wanted. So they actually acquiesced, but the word was already out and somehow and I have not really found how this happened or who who did who did put up the money. But by October of 2006, something had been worked out. It was shown again on PBS mm. one time. Oh. And, and you can now purchase it from PBS 
on DVD, the entire 14-hour series on 70 DVDs. That's going to be pretty pricey. $385. $385. But I'll tell you what, if you had any extra money in that amount, you could not spend it better. I think that the libraries... Should, you should call your libraries and say, hey, you know, the, you know, all that money you get uh, allocated to purchase things, you should buy this movie so we can see it. Right, George? That's right. Well, I know that the, um, the library in Springfield where I live does have it on DVD. Um, it's out right now. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you tried to check it out. <laughs> yep. But uh, they did buy a copy of it. Uh, I know that uh, Antioch College here has a copy. It looks like they only have the VHS copy. But yeah, please. Uh, and shame on you if call, you don't have it in your library. You know, call, call have, your public this, library. This film is essential viewing for everyone. It is yes, some it. of the most riveting the, the, the series of images that I have ever seen, and and no special effects. Nope. No, no, it's no. All this right is reality. <laughs> and what's interesting is that I actually uh, watched it last evening after I put the kids to bed because I was a little concerned. I just, you know, it had been some years since I'd seen it, and I just didn't want them to have any sort of a nightmare. But you know what? We're going to watch it. It's a refresher course in being an American. Right. you got to watch it. And talking- you know, one of these things, if you watch this movie, you know, uh, you're going to see some people in there who are, who are real bona fide leaders. Now, you look at all these candidates. You, you see them yeah. out there, and they're, they're standing in front of certain things. They're out there doing They're talking to certain people. But you ask yourself, are they really leaders? Are they proven gifted leaders? You know, you have to ask yourself. Now, when you watch this movie, you're going to be able to make that comparison because what you have in front of you are people that were called to lead, and they had to lead. Right. You watch them very carefully, you, especially Martin Luther King. There is a gifted leader. Uh, and all his people, one guy says in the movie, one of his cohorts, uh, one of his uh, uh, compadres in this, uh, in this movie says that when Martin Luther King left, then it was hard to keep the movement up because he was so charismatic and everything. But you listen to this man talk, and what he's saying is that we had to lead. So he went out there and did it. And you see these people that put in this position where they don't want the momentum to slow down. So they get out there and they make it work. You know, they pick up that slack and they make it happen. And these are real, bona fide, gifted leaders you're watching here. But what's amazing is that um, in some cases it occurs to me they just have risen to the occasion as as compassionate, empathetic, and just basic human beings. They saw that their presence, their effort, their energy was required. And simply and stood and delivered. There's two. Right. Yeah. Well, and you also see the interesting way in that there are different generations of, of the black populace who are involved in this. And, and, and kind of there's two groups that kind of come to the fore. There's the, uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Council, the SCLC, which was uh, Martin Luther King's group. Yeah. And, and then there was Abernathy. the. Yeah. And then there Snick. was the. Uh, and there was SNCC, which was the. Uh, was it Students Nonviolent? Student Nonviolent. Something um, coalition. Yeah, coalition. You, see, yeah. you see nonviolence being exercised right before oh, your so very eyes. How they're training them right. and everything. So beautiful. But you see, I mean, in this film, you see SCLC and SNCC butting heads several times, but they always manage to work it out somehow and continue and sh- soldier on, basically. You know, and there are and, times when when it's like right at the at the edge of something, like the big uh, the big march on Washington. Where they went to one of the uh, the SNCC speakers and said, you know, you need to tone down your speech. Yep. You don't it's need you know, don't don't trash don't trash the the uh, the government right now. We need them. And and they sat down there right near the the the, the Lincoln Memorial and rewrote the speech. 
right then and there. In the you know, spirit of compromise and the spirit of moving forward right. with equitable, rational thought. You're also going to see the you're going to see the adversary talking. You listen to them talk with what they rationalize right. as what's what's right and what's wrong. And then that's not all. As I like to say, it gets better. You have Malcolm X talking in a church, and he's saying. It's good to do what Martin Luther King says for you to do. This is on that movie. <laughs> right, and this this is shortly after the time that he had kind of dissed the March on Washington as a, as a waste of time. It's amazing. But, yeah, he came to the floor, too. In front yeah. of the camera, just as calm. And I haven't heard too many people talk about that uh, that that speech that he made there, Malcolm X, but it's right there. It's, it's uncut. It's, well, it's unedited. It's one of the things about the crew that made this film. They uncovered so much amazing stuff, and... And they showed that the, the camera can have a really cold eye. And I've got a little example here um, of a little piece of footage uh, taken by, again, some unknown news photographer of a young white man uh, commenting on the uh, lunch counter set-ins that had started as part of the nonviolent uh, movement. Let's play that. Well, it's just not things we're used to down here. I mean, they come in and they sit down, and, and we're not used to them sitting down beside us because I wasn't raised with them. I never have lived with them, and I'm not going to start now. I think it's amazing how they can put the camera on these people, and, and they act, I mean, they don't try to hide their feelings. And, yeah, and this and is I'll preserved you, forever. I bet you, if you're watching this movie, you might feel a little uncomfortable in some areas watching this. Because, know? yeah, it goes on and on. And, and interestingly enough, and I would love to know how they went about getting this, there are several adversaries, uh, some, some sheriffs and some law people, um, who are sh- shown in the uh, the news footage doing some pretty awful things and, and being and saying some being, awful and saying some really awful things, um, <laughs> which we will not repeat here. But um, what a legacy, but they, man! They go and they got they got modern day contemporary interviews with these people. Same and people, they're very, and they're very civil about it, and they're very straightforward about it. And you kind of feel that man, they haven't really changed. Some overall. are real. Some are recalcitrant. They're not going to change. Yeah. <laughs> And that's sad, you know, but uh, uh, we have this as a refresher course, as I said before. Um, now, one of, the, one of the questions I love to pose when people talk about this movie, when they, when they see this movie, is, you know, if Martin Luther King, this is a thought experiment for our perfect movie audiences, if Martin Luther King had lived, would this movie be so difficult to see or watch? And secondly, would this world be a better place? Ask yourself that. If Martin Luther King could have kept moving, you know, with the juggernaut that he was doing and uh, all the all the progress they were making, if he lived, would ask yourself: Would things be better? Would they be different? Um, And you know, on this film, the pertinent question is, of course, would this film be so difficult to acquire or see? No way of knowing, but I cannot urge. Listeners, strongly enough to get a copy of this however way you can. And even better, get a copy and watch it with some friends. You're listening to Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. We are talking about the very perfect movie, uh, Eyes on the Prize. I'm Nikki Dakota. We've got J. Todd Anderson on the phone line and George Willeman live in the studio. Um, and this is a perfect movie, folks. It really is. Eyes on the Prize. And the camera, it's so funny that, that, that ultimately it's the footage that's keeping this this story from being shared or told by the very footage itself when it was in many respects the images that made the difference right. when Emmett Till was murdered for um, saying goodbye to a white woman at a store in Mississippi he was from Chicago and that is a dis- 
disturbing it's, piece it of footage. It is there. disturbing. And the mother had an open casket. She wanted the world to see what they did to her little boy. And it's unedited. You see everything. Oh, and then, but it's not gruesome and it's not gratuitous at all. Um, then there is um, the scene where they're trying to, I think it was when they're trying to cross the bridge in Selma, and they open up the fire hoses, which is like, what, a hundred pounds? Oh, I think that's in, that's in Birmingham, I believe. Well, there was one where there were... Uh, the bridge sequence is what you're talking about. I think well, right. when they, they, they were running, uh, 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 ABC was running something on the yes, Nuremberg trials. That's, that's the Selma Bridge, and, and for those of you who don't know this, and, and frankly, I had not, I mean, I'd heard about the march to Selma. This was actually, the one, the march to, from Selma was actually the second one. The first one got aborted at the Edward Pettit, the Pettus Bridge because the, uh, the state patrol stopped them Ran and them pushed, and them, pushed back. them all back. And you see footage of these, these big, burly state patrolmen beating these people with, with and clubs. Helmets and clubs. There's, there's one, if you watch real close, you'll see it, like a middle-aged woman who, yeah, could, running from a, who, who falls down. And instead of helping her, they whack this, her with these bats. Yeah. It's like a woman that looks like your mother, and they're beating her with bats. You know? it's and it's just disturbing. any human being has to see that for what it is. Right. You know, you can't mistake that. No, you can't, you can't put a spin on it and say, well, you know, they were. They were and it's 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 a complete rollout too, right, George? Uh, we George and I looked at this. Yeah, we, we think it's a complete rollout. Rollout it's a is long, a movie term a long, for uh, long, it's a long, long sequence. And those guys had their cameras going. There were several cameras going because you see several different angles. It means they this. go right through the roll and roll yeah. it out right in front of your very eyes. And so they went. It's my understanding they went to live. They interrupted the showing of this. Was it a movie about the yes, Nuremberg trial? They were running Judgment at Nuremberg. Okay, which is of course the big uh, Stanley Kramer film about uh, you know about people rights being denied them and and you of know, course and, and the nazis nazi war trials and they interrupted to show these uh figures of authority beating american citizens who were just trying to get a little you know get a little notice and yeah. you know from and from that's the government. you know what's going on here is you're seeing the media <laughs> kind of grow fast uh real right in front of your very eyes this is Part of what helped the civil rights movement is the instantaneousness of seeing these images. Right. Uh, not nowhere close to the instantaneous we have with YouTube or any of these yeah. things nowadays, but this is 35, 40 years ago, where, you know, film, as we talked about earlier, film at 11 was what they saw. But they did see it, and there wasn't too much fussing over how to cut it either, you know. We are quickly running out of time. We've been talking about Eyes on the Prize, a truly a filmically perfect film and uh, definitely meets it creates the world in the sense that it takes you there you are there in that this world certainly world. Right. sustains it and it is so relevant today it scares me and it, and you know there's no such thing as an as an there's no such scary right george yes yes well there's there's no such thing as an objective documentary but i was very impressed by the the sort of the fairness of this documentary to both sides I mean, they put you know they put the white guys on there who had done all these evil things, but they still they didn't photograph them in a funny way or make them no, look particularly evil. They were they, legitimate. They photographed interviews. them like everybody else, and they just and their their interviews are pretty much presented without any any kind of fanfare. They're just you know. We had one of in. the more touching moments when the woman on the steps asked the was it the mayor of uh, was it Nashville? Yeah, uh, Nashville. Yeah. Uh, asked him, you know, do you not think that I should have uh, you know protection and ability? I can't remember the specific nature of the question, but he said, you know, I had to answer her not as a politician but as a man, 
And I had to say that, yes, she does deserve this equality. Yeah, I wish they could have interviewed him. That was him so some, touching. Yeah. I think he had passed away before they made the film, but it would have been must really the, neat to see what he had Most of the people involved in the Emmett Till case have all passed on because I re- remember reading a New York Times article and they were talking to these people, you know. Yeah. Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. We have been talking about Eyes on the Prize. I cannot urge you strongly enough to get a copy. Find one. Find someone who does have a party and watch this movie together. Yeah, it's 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 maybe give you a little bit of cause for a startling, but it is meaningful, worthwhile. You will be changed. There's no question about it. Yeah, and and if, you, if you aren't, you need your heart examined. <laughs> it's amazing. It's Drop just another one of you these. heard a show, give us a let us know. It's uh, the Film Guys at PerfectMovie.net. That's Film Guys at PerfectMovie.net. J. Todd Anderson joining us today via the phone lines. Thank you so much. What hey, a great movie. You're quite welcome. Next week we're doing Shaft. <laughs> what are you Shaft. talking about? Yeah. Then That'd George Williman live in the studio. George, you guys are right. You've uh, never steered me, almost never steered me wrong yet. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, suggesting that we watch this and uh, check it out. Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.